0: and if we would ask for a show of hands, everybody would lift their hand, I'm sure. But let's believe that God knows everything about our lives and that He is desiring to minister to whatever your need is. As we just bow our heads this morning, let's just focus on Him. And you just do that, and I believe along the way He'll speak. To what your need is. Heavenly Father, this morning, as we bow our heads together and our hearts as well, we want to thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been offered. We want to thank you for everyone that's here. We want to thank you for the from the youngest to the oldest. We want to thank you for every visitor that's in our gates. And we want to thank you, O oh Lord, that you've seen this gathering. And Lord, we've assembled ourselves as you have asked us to do. And Lord, as we are just now following the order of your word, we are asking that you would come and that you would minister to us. Lord, we don't just want a a physical gathering. We want a supernatural gathering. We desire an audience with the king and at his feet this morning. Lord, you know our frailties, you know our insufficiencies, you know our weaknesses, you know where we're hurting, you know where we're bombarded, you know everything about us, you know the struggles, the strains, but oh God, may you speak peace this morning to our lives and to our situations, that you are God and that you are in control. Lord, we thank you for that. That's our assurance. It's a blessed assurance. Father, we invite you. I I don't have words this morning. I'm simply the vessel. But I'm asking, Lord, your anointing would be on this vessel. That your anointing would be on the speakers. Father, uh, not on just the speaker, but also on the hearer. And I pray, oh Father, that it would go beyond a natural speaking and a natural hearing. But may it minister to the soul and the depth of what we have need of this morning. Lord, we ask that you would Overtake us. Just begin to do the exceeding, the abundant that we have need of. Father, we're marching to Zion. We're moving closer to our heavenly home. Father, we ask this morning, would you just take this service in your hands now, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you all for being patient this morning. 1 John chapter 3. We'll read verses 1 to 3. We're also going to read from Revelations 3 and Revelations 19. But 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved. Now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, you might not be able to see it with your natural eyes. What's in your brother, what's in your sister. It doesn't appear. The world certainly can't see it. That we can declare. But it says this also. But we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now I, I want you to, to just hold that a little bit through the service. But when he shall appear, then we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure, So when we see him, something activates, something moves us, something channels us, and it causes a response. Revelations chapter 3, let's go to verse 14. I I just wanted to read a couple of verses, but I'm going to read all of this this morning. I do not want this to become common to us, but I want us just to, I'm going to focus on verse 14, I'll read some of the other, then I'll focus on verse 20. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness. And then he, every age, he speaks to the angel. But then he concludes, He that hath an ear. So there's, the angel is not the final voice. The final voice is the response that comes out of all of those that hear what the angel is saying. What the messenger is saying by way of the Spirit. It's not good enough to say, I've got what the angel said, I'm listening to that. But there has to be something reciprocate back to God. So he identifies himself in this way to the last age. The faithful and true witness, the amen, the beginning Of the creation of God. I know your works. You're neither hot, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish, I would that thou wert cold or hot. Because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now he's speaking this to the age in its entirety. And he says, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not, now, Let me stop halfway through. Have need of nothing. The comforts of Laodicea. As much as we enjoy being able to access... A streaming that we able to access. Wi-Fi, communicate with brethren around the world. As much as we hopped into a car, we had a comfortable ride, we have all of these things. These things in themselves do not elevate us higher. Nor are they conducive to your spiritual walk. In fact, you have to break through those things in the age we live in to actually be desperate before God. So they are not, they don't qualify you to be higher. And you might say, well, I'm in North America. I'm glad I'm in a first world country. Whatever that means. Forget all of that. We are a body of people. This morning I I was thinking of our brethren in Uganda that are still not able to attend church. And my heart bled for them. And I said, oh, God, remember your people. Remember your bride, wherever they are. And I think we need to just enter into that for one another. So he says, You're increased with goods, you have need of nothing. But nonetheless, those things may be there. But the condition, while you're comfortable in that, he says, You don't even know that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. So what's the antidote? I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich. In other words, choose life, don't choose comfort. Don't, don't choose with your eyes. Choose what God's speaking to your heart this morning. That you may be rich and have white raiment and that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness does not appear. I want to come out as an overcomer with these things. And to anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. I, I, I want to enact these parts while we're in this comfortable world, while there's a, a blinding uh, in even the church world, while there's a blinding in the in the society around us, God give me eyes to see. Amen. Verse nineteen, and God helps us. How does He help us? As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Amen. I didn't come just to be sugar coated this morning. I come, Lord, that you may shape me and mold me. Right. Be zealous, therefore. If he's doing that, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Yeah. Every one of us continually needs to die daily. Empty out. Repent. Yeah. Lord, I, 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 there's things that have entered in. I need to, to come out of me. That's right. Verse 20. This is now the cry God's eliciting a response from this age. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now he could not open the door, but he could knock. He can't force anyone this morning, but he can knock this morning. And, and he, but he's there to help you that you may respond appropriately. So he says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. God bless his word, you may have your seats this morning. Keep the book of Revelations open and turn with me to Revelations chapter 19. Now the promise to the last age was that if you would respond, I'll give you white raiment, I'll give you eye salve, I'll give you these things. But, but here's the final part of it. And this is in Revelations 19 verse 7. Very familiar. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. So that's the time. That's the event. Uh, And it it says this. And the bride or the wife hath made herself ready. In other words, she knew this date was coming. She wasn't standing idle. She was taking steps that, that was preparing for that. And then he would say to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, these are the true sayings of God. Now, I'm not going to give this a title of I will build my church again, even though that's where my thoughts come out of. But I want to speak this morning on the responding creation. And uh, while we were away in, in Saskatoon, I had a thought that the Lord was dealing, which I'd like to come to parts of that in, in upcoming messages. But in this morning, I, I really had three or four thoughts that come out, so I, I just felt the Holy Spirit leading me and to stay in this channel. So I, I'll, I'll try and do my best, but I'll really depend on you. So if I, if I can say... Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening that we have to block out. And I, and I, I, I don't know if you, and I, I listened to some of the, the brothers as they were ministering, but the last service, Brother Ron spoke on, on the backdrop of chaos. I, I actually texted him this week and said, you know, that thought has been resonating with me. And, and, and I, I would just say, Satan is doing everything he can to upset you. And I will say it is circumstances around our lives. It is in our minds and in our thoughts and in our hearts. And he will continue to do that. So if you're waiting for the environment around you to change, it's not going to change it's actually going to get worse and worse. But you need to focus in, just like Jesus did before Pilate, and you need to say, hold on a second, I am going to respond not by what's around me, but I'm going to respond to what I am and the seed that is within me. Because if we allow our flesh to respond, we're going to respond wrong. Over the last six, seven, eight months, I... I've chastened myself sometimes, why did you respond like that? Why did you do that? And I, I see it in, 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 in work situations where people, you know, I, I'll just say, what's on the surface? You just have to dig down a little bit and some response comes out of nowhere. You have no idea where it's coming from. And I, I would say, it's the edge of insanity. And to say we're that far removed from it. We're still in the flesh. We're still in Laodicea. We're in the most wicked age around us. And you can say, well, we're within the bride age. But the bride age is in the middle of the last age. It's it's God dealing with a specific people in a specific time. And he's focusing in on them. And we need to just sit at his feet this morning. So whatever is happening in the world around us. The Prime Minister called an election this morning. And whatever that's going to happen, we are going to change that. You might, you might have a vote, but it, it may not sway what's going to happen. And I just pray, Lord, whatever it takes for your kingdom to come, let your kingdom come. And whatever is happening as far as climate change or the environment... That's the natural environment. Whatever's happening in your environment, in my environment, that's got nothing to do with what God's doing. Yeah. And I would say there is a great upheaval in all the world, but I would say as far as the kingdom of God is going, there is not an upheaval. There may be upheaval around us, but I would say in the middle of all of that, his truth is marching on. His word is being fulfilled. There will be a bride. She will be perfect. She will be pure. So that's what we need to focus in on this morning. So I I use that. Let's just take, as as I do for a moment, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And this is Peter who had actually spoke earlier and he says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Okay, I'm just using this as a focus. Verse 1, he says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise in the same mind. If I came up here this morning and I said, You want to serve God, once you're a Christian, everything's going to work out just fine. That's what Hollywood evangelism will tell you. And, you know, seven steps to a perfect smile. No, that's not what it's about. I will just say this. There's things that are happening in our flesh, around our flesh, but God is working on that seed on the inside. And that's the part that's got to respond. Not the flesh respond, not your spirit man respond, but the seed has to respond. And I like to look back. Sometimes I listen to a service and I come back and I reflect and I say, "Oh, you know, I like the example that that brother Andrew used or I like what brother Max brought out here and you know, sometimes you bring out a little example and, and, and it's a natural thing, and it's a little funny. And everybody responds to that. But what about the part that God is working on? I think we need to give credit to God. Not, not, not just, and say, Lord, thank you for speaking to me for using this brother, for using that. And Lord, I, I feel the pull. I feel you're moving me. I, I hear what you're saying to me. I, I say, if we come with that kind of focus in our services, God will move us. And, and, and there'll be some that will catch it and some that won't. That's just the way it is. And, and so I, I want to be in that channel. He says, now arm yourself with the same mind. He that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men but to the will of God. Jump over to chapter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, rather after you have suffered a while. Now, after you've suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Now, uh, th- these are, the process is not easy. I-, I will say, if you're like anybody else, the last year and a half has not been easy. It's not been easy for those that want to come to church, those that are trying to navigate a way for the church, it has not been without stresses, strains. And and I would say the path has not always been easy, but I will say God is faithful. And I've just, I, I reflected a little bit on our services that we had with Brother Ron. It wasn't the way we wanted them to be and Brother Andrew. But I will say God was very faithful to us. And we need to thank Him for that. And I would say, no matter what you see or don't see, we live in an age where we expect an instantaneous answer, and even if it doesn't come according to our time, and you're disappointed, and you will be, I've been disappointed. I've been disappointed by myself. I've been disappointed by situations and others. But that's got nothing to do. We need to cast our eyes. And and it's the devil's goal to get you looking sideways or looking at those that are around you and, and magnifying those things. And I think we need to look a little higher. I think we need to look up to God and and not blame those around us or situations. I think we need to look to God and say, you're faithful and true. I know my Redeemer is faithful and true. So I I don't want us to respond by our natural man. And you know, Brother Bannon would speak the reaction to an action. And sometimes there's pressure. And sometimes your makeup is a certain way, and you'll react a certain way, and if it doesn't always meet the right expectation, you know, God will allow you to go through that a number of times before you react according to what it is. And so, a deeper level. Now, let's just just take this thought, and I said, really, it's on the vein of, I will build my church, but I I want to maybe, and I'm going to come back to parts of that, but I I'm kind of moving into a, an aspect of it, and I'm just going to take this a little bit. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. So I started in the book of Revelations, and I'm going backwards. So now I've, I've just about made it all the way back. But I, I'm not going to go back all the way there, but we'll, we'll just read this. These are two tremendous books. So this is, this is, I want you just to enter into the thought a little bit and, and of, of where we're at here. And so in Genesis 1, verse 1, and in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So it, it, it doesn't give it, but Brother Branham gives it. He says, here was this dark earth. He said it was in a chaos He says, it was not in an order. But the Spirit of God moved on it to bring it into an order. And he moved on it not because of what is dark and that, but he moved on it because there were seeds that he had planted there. And your life, whatever your life is today, whatever it was when God called you, it was in disorder. It was in chaos. And and God moved on you not because you were a nice guy or a nice gal or because you were of a better class or, or because you, you know, but he moved on you because there was a seed in you and he was trying to elicit a response out of the seed. So the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, not just, just for the sake of bathing the earth with the presence of God, but it was to bring something forth, to bring a response to what he had already planted, so it says the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, and God said, "Let there be." Now he, I, I'm not going to go beyond that because he said, "Let there be light," and there was light. But he would say, "Let there be" many times. Now, as you followed through in, in, in this particular passage of scripture, so he would say, "Let there be," "Let there be." He would, he would, he would start with light, and nothing can live without light. He would divide the heavens and the earth, and then he would say, let the waters bring forth. And the waters would, would bring forth certain things, and let the earth bring forth. And so it took an atmosphere to bring forth. But once that atmosphere, because God had created botany life, and he'd said, let every seed after the seed that's in itself bring forth. In other words, there was a channel. I'll just tell you this. That you don't plant a tulip bulb in the ground here in the fall and expect daffodils in the spring. Because the channel that God has ordained, every seed after its kind. And, 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 it, and it still follows through that way. And, and it's God's order. And and they can't help themselves. They can't make a choice. Botany life can't make a choice. Well, I don't really want to be this. But it has to follow the order. And sometimes what starts out as a tulip bulb is a little thing. And by the time it comes to a full flower, it it changes many times. But that's all part of the transformation process. It's the same way with animal life. And, And you could take animal life, well... You know, like some of those little animals, when they're born, they're cute, they're cuddly, they're all this. But when they're full grown, you know, it was a little animal once. Before it became a ferocious lion. You know, before it became a wildebeest or whatever it was. It, it was something little once. And and it just had to follow in that channel. So it 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 it's automatic. It almost doesn't have a choice. And if I can just back up a step, Brother Bannon would say, he created, the first thing he ever created, he said, my mind is angels. And angels were there to worship him. And it was holy, holy. And it was, they couldn't help themselves. He was God. They were part of the creation. They couldn't help themselves. Yeah. But God desired something more than a robotic form of worship. God desired something more than just something that you would put the atmosphere on. It would transform it. He wanted something that would, by choice, choose him. That would, by their own doing, that would respond to him in a greater way. And sometimes beyond the conditions you were born in. And God is still looking for that response this morning. And so he, in his mind, he said, I'm going to create a man, and I'm going to create a woman, and they're going to have a choice, and they're going to be a free moral agent. So let me, let me read just a little bit here. He would say, in Power of Transformation, God worked in his mind, it came by like by evolution. He was learning more all the time, yet he wasn't. But he said he would let it evolute up. Everything that he came to bring on the earth, botany life, fish, animals, something in his own image, and a man. And he stopped there because that was his perfection. And he would say it didn't you know, he says, like, you design something here, it doesn't look like it, but after you begin to move, it, it, it keeps building up in your mind. So, you know, he said God would, if you look at Genesis, it looks like God repeats himself, let there be light, and, and let it come forth, there was nothing there, there wasn't even light. But when he had spoke his word, that's when he was, and then that's what he was speaking. So everything would be Transformed. And God had these good seeds, and he did it all for a purpose. And after he had finished it all, he rested. So Genesis 1 was his speaking. It was everything. And and let me just say this. God is still evoluting in his mind. God is not deterred uh, in, in his thinking. He's still working to what he had in his image. So we need to see that. We need to remember that. doesn't matter what's gone sideways, what's gone down, where you've been hurt, where you've been marred, what, whatever setbacks we've had. We need to remember God is still bringing to pass that which he had in his mind. So he would say, God is able, is going to have a church in these last days. He's going to have a bride. He's able of these stones to rise up children. If we don't follow him, he'll get somebody else to follow him. He's going to have it. And he says, everything is under his control. His seed is his word. Was his word his... And his word is his seed. Jesus said so. Everything is being transformed. And he said, if we could learn what part of the word we are, it must take place no matter what it is. So... He finished his creation and he had man. And now I, I'm going to need to just, just go a little bit further to Genesis chapter 2. And I'll, I'll have you turn Genesis 2 verse 21. And, and I will take this and uh, I'm going to read from... from serpent seed. And he says, man is animal life, and a woman is just a part of man, a byproduct. A woman was not in the original creation. God had done quit creating for years and years and years until he made the woman out of a rib out of his side. So he said, Adam had done, named all the creation, but, and everything else, it wasn't nothing for himself, so he made him a helpmate. He took a rib from his side, he closed up the gash, made a helpmate, and a man in his spirit was both man and woman, and a woman is just part of man, and when God takes to himself a wife, if she's correctly his wife, she's a God-given wife. If she'll just if she'll be just to him as a part of him. Now, let me let me read this. Now, this is, he says, creation was finished in Genesis one, but Genesis two. Now, God rested on the seventh day. Adam names all the animals in verse 21. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. So it's something he made, it's something he had stopped creating, but now he's making something. But it was working with something that was part of the creation. And he says, and he brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now if you take this part and you know Brother Branham would say a woman is always a part of the man. There's, the woman would not be attracted to animal life naturally speaking. Now you know, there would be nothing in her that would, would look upon an animal that walked somewhere but there was something in her that was drawn to Adam. And Adam he couldn't help She's a part of me. So it, there was a response. There was something that beat together. And so, and so when God created the, the couple or the married life, when he took man, he, he, so animal life, if I can say it, he took a piece of dust over here and a piece of dust over there and he brought them together. And that was the male and the female in creation. But when he took the man and the woman, the higher order, he took from inside the man, a part of the man, and that was a part of him. So the bride of Christ, which was in the mind of God, was always a part of him. You couldn't help but respond when the word came across your path. Why? Because you were in him. Others around you maybe didn't respond. Maybe you had siblings. Maybe you had others. But they didn't respond. And maybe you didn't respond immediately. But in the time and a season that God moved, you responded. Now, so if if you take it that way, and, and Brother Branham would say that we, have, we are a free moral agent. And he, he makes this comment about the woman. And he, and he says... He says, there is no other part of God's creation that, that can say yes or say no. And he's referring to this in terms of relations. But he, but he would say, she's the only one, she's built that way. So the woman had a choice that she could make. And, and the choice, she was a free moral agent. I really want to read it the way he said it. He said, in the original physical creation, God made everything in pairs. But when it came down to man, there was only one. They were not a pair. But there was something that beat for each other. Adam had been made in the image of God. He was the son of God. And as a son of God, he could not be tempted and fall. That would be impossible. So God took a byproduct of man to cause the fall. Did God cause it? No. The woman chose it, but God knew she would be susceptible to it. And he also knew that we in the most wicked age would also be inclined by virtue of the fall to go a certain way. But he also knew that we would respond to something the other way. And, and 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 against and so I, I can't imagine what the devil thinks sometimes. I had them trapped, they were going down a path into alcohol and drugs and, and, and all kinds of immoral living and all kinds of things, and I don't know what happened. They they just stumbled across a believer at a workplace and all of a sudden they stopped and turned around. What was that in them that did that? Well, thank God that was in there. Thank God there's something in us, and I would say not just way back there, but still with us today, still desires to hear the Word of God today, still needs to feed on the Word of God today. The devil's there to, to obscure that, give you all kinds of other distractions. But I, th- I think you need to focus and say, I feel the pull, and I think you need to put yourself in a position to allow it to pull you. Amen. It's not with your mind you serve God. It's with your heart you serve God. There's a lot of things we do mechanically, but I look for that little tug, that little something. So he would say, so God took a byproduct of man to cause the fall. The woman never stepped fresh from the hand of God as a true product of God. She was produced from the man. So is this bride produced from the man. I'm coming to this. And he says, And when God caused her to be brought forth, she was vastly different from the other females. She was able to be seduced. No other female in creation can be immoral, but the human female can be touched at almost any time. So before you sisters all think, oh, he's picking on the sisters, no, I'm talking spiritually too, that we as mankind, not in the, that's an actual word, no matter what the prime minister tries to reframe it as, Mankind is still true, okay? Amen. And so, and I would, I hope that doesn't come up in the election. I, you know, and I, I say, we also are susceptible. They ask Brother Adam the question, can true believers be tempted? And he says, by evil spirits. Yes, they can. You set yourself, you lean that way, you set yourself up to, to fall that way. Now, thank God He doesn't leave us alone. And I would say, I want to respond without having to go to the depths that God has to pull me out of the fire every time. I want to respond. I want to be in a pattern whereby God can move me and speak me. I want to be ready to hear. I I love it when, when we pick up a tape and all of a sudden the brother who's speaking speaks on it. And all of a sudden you're in that channel. God was moving me. I love it when I listen to a service from somewhere else. Oh, God's speaking on them, on that way. I, I, I'll tell you what, the minister's not in control many times. If he's really yielded, it's God leading him. I, I don't know where I'm going to be preaching in a month or two months from now. I may have thoughts God deals with me. But service by service, t- week by week, God is leading us. And we need to have confidence in that. So he says, <coughs> that weakness allowed Satan to seduce her by way of the serpent. Now the serpent, remember, he was an upright being just like a man physically looked better than Adam. Otherwise, why would Eve have been attracted to him? She certainly wasn't attracted to a chimpanzee running around. But she could be attracted by a serpent who looked very much like it. Now, I I I'll, I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to get into further parts. So I, I just wanted to bring that part. Now I, I got to make some leaps and bounds here. Brother Branham would would say, "Then came the fall," and uh, we're we're all acquainted with it. So I, I, I'm I'm drawing a little bit from the masterpiece message which Brother Branham spoke in 1964. I I I, I really like to watch the way God led the prophet. And it was in 1964, the Masterpiece message, that was when Brother Branham saw the vision of the preview of the bride. And from that time, it changed his mind and his thinking on several things. And and, and he began to move in a certain way. He began to differentiate even just this little thing, he always thought there would come a squeeze that would be uh, uh, a, something that the church would go through and there would be an element of it. But he began to see God doesn't put a man in feast of trumpets. He actually picks it up. God doesn't choose a wife that he causes to put through suffering. In other words, the foolish virgin will go through the tribulation for purification. The bride receives her purification here. Now that doesn't mean you're, you're, not, you're exempt from suffering. Rather, you recognize... I'm going through something, but it's God molding something in me. And after, it doesn't seem very pleasing at the time. It's grievous. But after, and this is almost beyond human chemistry, you come through it and you say, I wouldn't trade what I went through for nothing. Because it brought something out of you, God formed something in you. Now, I'm doing this to help to establish us this morning. This may not be like a convention service or anything, but let's feed on the Word of God. Is that all right? So he says, the masterpiece that God had had in the Garden of Eden, it's a perfection. He brought it forth. And he says, then it fell. That masterpiece was walled by the Word. And when the masterpiece itself, God's family, but when Satan marred it, Now God looked down, he says, the great sculptor, he seen the fall of his family, the masterpiece. He wasn't willing just to leave it there, face down in ruin, but he went to work immediately to build it up again. He wasn't willing that it should perish, lay there all the time, because he's God and he will not be defeated. So he began to work immediately and began to build his own image, a man. Now now catch what happened in Genesis because God's pattern never changes. He didn't set forth to bring a bride immediately. First he had to bring the man and the man that's going to be the perfect one, there was a first Adam that fell but there had to be a second Adam and out of the second Adam would come forth another woman, would come forth another bride. So our identification is in him. We're not the bride because we're just in the seventh church age. We're not the bride because we say we are. We're only the bride because there's a man that is here now. And because he's here, there's a bride responding. Now, he would go on to say, and and this will be quantum leaps. And I, I want you to reflect on this. The eternal aspect of God. I, I'm drawing a little bit from a couple of messages I've been listening to. Who is this Melchizedek? The unveiling of God. Where Brother Branham says, God always changes his form. And he calls it the Enmorphe. He's able to change his mask and change his form. Now, it's not so much that... Uh, He is literally changing from from one thing, but he also needs to open our eyes to see the form that he's in. This will lead into where I'd I'd like to go. We took a little bit of this thought at Brother Kelly's, but there's these times of transition, there's these boundaries, there's these borders, and and I will just, I'll drop this in. In the message itself, there was Uh, Under the first exodus, there was a Moses, there was a wilderness, and then there was a Joshua. And the borders that was in the first part of it was Egypt. Those borders had to be crossed Israel could not do that by themselves, but it took Moses, and I'm going to say not just Moses the man, but God in Moses, because God said, I will come down. So the eternal part of God had to come down and take them out of Egypt. That was a border that had to be crossed. They couldn't cross that themselves. And we have to be careful because if we miss it, there was a lot of people that looked at Moses the man. They just thought, that man, he, first of all, he married an Ethiopian. And they murmured and complained. And God was so wroth with them, you don't know what you're saying against my servant. So and, and there was Dathan and Korah. They thought, he's just elevating himself in leadership. I went to the same course as he went to. I can lead just as good as you did, Moses. No, that was God's choice, and it was greater than just a man. Now, in, in, if I just drop this in, and I, I'll say this. Brother Brandon would say, and who is this Melchizedek? He said, God, who is the eternal, dropped down into a body, <laughs> Blew into a body. He crossed the borders from eternity. God crossed his own borders. Before he ever magnified himself in Jesus Christ. He began to, the word of his promise. God puts the word out there. And he wants us to catch a principle before he actually comes to it. So there's something that, you know, I don't know what those two were walking on the road to Emmaus. But what what Jesus, I I would have loved to hear that sermon. But the Bible would say, beginning at Moses. So what was the first scripture? He says, these two are walking. And he starts starts talking about Moses. Now, was he talking about Moses and the man? Because the Pharisees said, we have Moses. No, he was highlighting, this is more than a man. This was the God... This was God in a man who had to veil himself coming down from the mountain. He had to begin to show them. He couldn't come out and say, here I am. I'm your Savior. But no, he had to appeal to the seed in them. There had to be a response. There had to be revelation. There had to be something that would say, I embrace this. This is the man. I am the woman. This is the season. This is the time. And I'd say, it's the same today. So he would, he would, God would, would tell them on the road to mess, he'd say, you know, Moses, and then he'd speak in the Psalms. Maybe he talked about David. Maybe he talked about David's men. Maybe he talked about all these things. But somewhere along all of this, something started to break with them. Something, something began to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Moses, God, Elijah, God. And then their eyes were open. This is him. This is the eternal one. He's here right now. This is the one. And when that happened, it changed everything. He is here. Friends, when God comes down, and he comes down, it's not just haphazardly, but he's got a seed on the earth. And God is desiring a response. This is not learning the message. This is meeting Christ. This is meeting the eternal one. So, Brother Barnum would go in the message and he'd say, so God started to build an image. And he would build it in Abraham. He would build it in Isaac. He would build it in uh, Jacob. He would build it in Joseph. He was evoluting again. He was taking an aspect of himself and putting it into them. But it wasn't his fullness. And he would take an aspect of him and put it into Jacob and into Joseph. And then he would take an aspect of himself into Elijah. He would take an aspect of himself and type it out in Ezekiel and in Isaiah. And he would take an aspect. But all of this was building an image. And and Brother Branham would say... All the prophets had flaws, all the ones was a portion, but they were coming up to finally comes the masterpiece, the perfect one, no fault in him at all, so perfectly reflected of the builder himself, his own image was reflected in his work, God and Christ were one, insomuch till he put his own spirit into him, that even the image and the builder became one, God was one and his sculpture work, his masterpiece. Here the master builder, he got his handiwork so perfected, and he stepped into it. Now, very few could see that. And that's why when you come to church, you know, when you, when you listen to messages, when you read the Bible, don't just take it on first face value. What is God trying to say? You know, when Brother Branham comes, I, when a prophet comes and asks a question, who is this Melchizedek? Now, he doesn't ask a question without, if you can't get it, too bad. No, he, he wants you to get it. But he wants you to think about it. He wants you to catch his nature and his character he doesn't just come right out and say it. So he didn't say who is and he would say in the message this is Melchizedek, whoever this Melchizedek is, the one that Abraham met. Listen, Abraham met him for whatever reason, it so had a response and an effect on him. He says, "I'm going to give tithes." Amen. And he says, "Furthermore, I'm not going to take anything from the king of Sodom." Because he connected with eternal aspect. Yeah. And there's something there that goes beyond quotes and do's and don'ts. It's ingrained in you. It's embedded in you. It's a part of your fabric. Sometimes you don't even know why. I can't go with this friend. I can't can't go with this crowd. I can't go to this situation. I'll tell you what that is. That's the eternal one who's in you. And that's the one you need to fellowship with. That's the one you need to connect with. As you walk in this world. Brother Man would say, whoever this one is, he's still alive today. And he would say, he became Jesus Christ. But there's an eternal aspect. Now I'm not going to have time to get into son of David, son of God, you know, son of man. But, But it was the same God all the time. Oh friends, the same God that was met Moses on the mountain, came in this last age. The same God that met Brother Branham is in our midst, in Edmonton. He knows where you're at this morning. That same God spoke to us when Brother Ron was here. He speaks to us in our services even now, if you can believe it, if you can catch it. God crossing borders, if all you see, as it was in the day of Moses, was Moses... Then there's a wilderness. Oh, you think, what a time. But I'll tell you what. The God that crossed the border of Egypt with Moses, and then as Moses, he crossed over with Joshua. You need to see, this is more than Brother Branham. This is more than just hearing that voice. This is hearing the voice behind the voice. And you become the voice. You become the final voice. It's not pushing a tape and that's our final voice. No, it actually comes into you and you speak things that you don't even know of. And that's the final voice. That's where we're living. It's not good enough to just come out of Egypt. It's not good enough to wander in the wilderness. It's not good enough just to be as Joshua. You've also got to speak to your mountain. You've got to speak to your situations. I, I can say it this way. God is not. Sometimes we're waiting for things to change in the environment around us. And God sits silent, He sits still, we become desperate, and we go into prayer, and sometimes in prayer you utter words, and all of a sudden God says, I'll honor that. Amen. Because Mark eleven twenty two 22 has come in this last day for a certain people, at a certain hour, at a certain time, and we are that people. We are that final voice. It's not going to come from the church world, but it's going to come from a people. As the walls enclose around us. As the world starts to put a vaccine passport. As they start to put all kinds of restrictions around us. I'll tell you what. There is something that they will not be able to box a people in. Because God will cross the borders of every restriction that's here. And he will take a people out of here. I'm I'm here right now so I'm going to use this right now. I I used this example with at Brother Kelly's. It, it really spoke to me. And Brother Mark, if you get ready to play that clip. God is in creation. And and I would just say, what's in every animal comes forward. And, and if God's in creation, how much more is he in us? Now, I, I'm going to... This is about a four-minute clip. And it's about... Uh, It's in Greenland, I believe. It's called a barnacle goose. And their young ones are born way up high in the cliffs. If they stay there, they'll die. If they move off that cliff, they'll live. Maybe. But I'll say, something is in them to step out into the unknown. And I would say, why sit you here till we die? something is in us that's got to move forward now let's, let's play this clip if you just take the lights down I'm trying to make a point here but you, you picture your life a little bit like this animal
1: a perfect launch and a controlled drop This is as good a descent as it's possible to make. There to meet it, a little dazed, perhaps. At least hasn't made it. And this chick appears to be in a bad way. responds to its mother's calls. The resilience of a barnacle goose chick is extraordinary. But there are still chicks unaccounted for somewhere amongst the rubble. The parents can't risk searching because they need to lead their two survivors away quickly before predators arrive. A third one has made it. such a dramatic start in life, it's unlikely any of them would have even got this far.
0: Thanks, Brother Allen. I don't know if those things speak to you, but they speak to me. Now, if God puts that in an animal, that it, it, I can't stay up here. I've got to jump. He's What about us? You know, I might feel comfortable just to be in church and hide here. At some point, you're going to have to jump. Now, it's not going to be without, it's not going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're going to get some bumps and your bruises. You will. But God also put something in you to overcome those things. There's not a believer who isn't going to encounter hurt, splits, whatever else it's going to be. It's going to happen, but... Forget about looking at those things. Look at what God's doing. And then I'll say this. you got to keep moving. It's not good enough to stay. Well, I'm just going to stay back here. It's comfortable. At some point you're going to die. Those that remained in Egypt, hey, they didn't go anywhere. Those that remained in the wilderness, they died in the wilderness. Those that moved into the promised land, they received a benefit. I think we need to move on. Wherever you're at today, don't just look at your life. Well, I'm just waiting it out. Until we get to the rapture. No. You've got to move to meet the rapture. You can't sit back and wait for the atmosphere. What are you going to do? Wait for conditions to change? I'll tell you what. Conditions will change and it will force you to jump. They will. So I I use that as an example. And it it stuck with me. I saw that some years back and I couldn't help it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm using this as a little bit. My, where are we at? Our time is slipping away. Okay, I'm going I'm to save some of this. Go with me for a moment. We're coming, we're coming too high. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 7. This is talking about Melchizedek. And remember, the priesthood of Aaron was of one order. But the priesthood of Melchizedek was a higher order. I, if I ever... I've probably heard Brother Harold preach the message. There was one he preached overseas at Brother Obadiah Kamwadi's on the order of Melchizedek, which probably to this day has stuck with me. And I could never do it justice the way he did, and I'm not trying to preach that here this morning. But denominational ages, which were after an order of succession and, and, and schooling, those ages are no more. There's a higher order in place now. And it's not just uh, a church, a man, but it's God speaking to us. And it's, it's not hearing just what the minister is, but it's God speaking to you as you read your Bible, as you listen to tapes. Uh, you're, you're actually moving directly under the auspices of God. And I, I think we need to have that connection in a greater way. Listen. Listen. When Moses came, I've I, I got to stop here for a moment. When Moses came, and, and, and this is to a people. Now, he, he tells the sisters, you're going to go on a journey. I'm going to teach you how to cook lamb. Huh, what? I know how to cook lamb. I don't need to hear from you. I've cooked lamb all my life. And you know, I'm going to teach you. And he says, furthermore, this is how you bake your bread. This is how you do these things. And you know what? They could have said, where is this coming from? I'll just tell you where it comes from. It's God speaking to us. You might think, I've gone to church all my life. I don't need anybody to tell me I should arrive at church a little earlier. Okay, I, I, I need to meddle a little bit. We haven't been in church for a while. We maybe have gotten accustomed to just hanging out, listening at home. That's just as comfortable as coming here. I would just say, that's not God's order. Right. If you can be in church and you choose not to be, I just say, it that's your choice. But I'll say, God's order is to gather together in a public place. The ecclesia, the called out, it's to gather together. Why? It's not for your benefit. Sometimes you, the part of Christ in you, is benefiting somebody else. And you rob somebody else. And God will call you on account one day and say, Why weren't you there? You could have benefited somebody. I'll say I, I remember, Brother Mark, you're sitting right where Brother Lawrence used to sit. I, I used to love Brother Lawrence. He wasn't a man in the public, he didn't sing specials. He came up to pray once in a while. But I drew from Brother Lawrence being in the church. That was a Lawrence Kessler, that was a stalwart to me. You know, all, all the Kessers. And, and, and I, I would say there's Lawrence and there was Walter and, and there was Fred and. And I just want to say this while I'm here. Brother Joe Kessler is still alive, but he's been in hospital now. He's been bedridden for a while. I don't know what his days will be. And there's just only two. I think Sister Lorraine is also in the hospital. But I just say this. I drew from that. And I'd say, that's still God's order. So when you come early, and when you come and you set an atmosphere, you don't create the atmosphere yourself. You obey the Word. And when you obey the Word and you do that, The atmosphere comes to the Word. You just respond according to the Word. I don't feel like it. I need to come here. I need to come. But I'll tell you what. You respond that way and you watch the atmosphere come. And you watch (laughs) things change. So I, I'm just, I'm just going to say this for a moment. So when you come to church, don't come casually. Don't spend your time talking in the foyer. Don't make it a casual experience. Still make it a holy experience with God. And I say, let's not be so casual. We're coming to church, let's have church. And let's do it like we've been taught to do it. When Moses came and told him, he said, uh, I, sometimes I like to hold back because there's too many things going on and I don't want to be distracted. But if I need to be here early, I will be here early to make an example. And I just say, we need to follow God's order. Oh, these little things, what does that matter? It matters. You follow God's order. I'll tell you what, Satan has robbed us in this last age because he devalues what God has put a premium on by way of the messenger. He robs womanhood and manhood. I'm, while I'm here, I'm just going to stay here. Man, I, 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 I go to walking down the mall and there's these security guards and, you know, there's some men, there's some women, and I'm going, you know, they're there, they're trying to do their thing. I see them having to work a lot harder to fulfill their role than a man would naturally do. You go to, I'll tell you what, they say in Edmonton there's only two seasons. There is summer and then there's construction season. No, winter and then construction season. Everywhere you go, note to self, I'm I'm driving down the Yellowhead past 149th, note to self, it said construction for a year and a half, do not drive this way, it's 40 kilometers an hour, it's backed up, it's jammed, Ah. but I'm standing there, and I watch these these girls, these flag girls, and some of them are women, I'm going, they're they're trying to make their way, and and this might seem common, but that's not their place. If you hear this tape and you're here as a visitor, I'm sorry. This is the truth of God's word. Amen. Brother Brown said, her place is in the kitchen. Yeah. And they're sitting there trying to make their way. They're trying to do this and do that. You know what? Go home and bake some bread. Yeah. Go home and, and do something. I'll tell you what. It'll be a lot more fulfilling. And you'll be walking with God. Amen. Yeah. And to men, like I'm not picking on sisters. But to men, don't spend your time gaming. Right. Don't spend your time on, on, on YouTube. Spend it. With your family. Shut the things off and spend your time. That's for me. That's for all of us. Connect with your family. Make the effort. You're the high priest of your home. Listen, I'm I'm saying this is maybe a, a little bit in a vein that we need to move up on. Listen. Melchizedek came. It wasn't just Brother Branham's ideas. This was God giving his ideas on how we conduct our homes, how we conduct our services. You do it that way, and I will say there's a blessing that will come with it that way. Hey, finished meddling. But I, I think we need, I need it. We all need it. Let's sharpen up. Let's just say, Lord, this is what you said. It holds true. Amen. You'll back up your word. Amen. Okay. Melchizedek, I need to... Hebrews 7, verse 4. I've got to wind this thought slowly down here. Now, consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of all spoils. Now, Abraham at that time was... In a place where he was trying to eke it out, he was trying to do things, but it didn't stop him from paying tithes. He didn't respond by, Lord, you know I'm going through a hard time, therefore I'm entitled. (laughs) How often do we justify that in our minds? I'm entitled to speak how I want, I can let loose if I need to. No, I'll tell you what. Repent. I have to repent because I've I've misanswered sometimes. I've misjudged sometimes. So we need we need to but we need to respect that Satan devalues that's just church. That's just ETM. That's just so and so that's just no, don't don't do that. That's not the way God's looking at it. Listen, I, I, I'm looking forward. Tonight we got Brother John Perizoc speaking for us. I'm not saying, well, that's just Brother John. I've known him since he was little. No. There's, there's a part of God that's manifesting in Brother John. And I want to hear that part of God. And I want to hear it through everyone that God speaks to. And I'll say this. Those that can do that, that can go beyond, like Abraham did, that can see the eternal part. Yeah, there's a flesh part. Yeah, I know he's got red hair. I saw a lot of red hair people on the well, the Paradox back from vacation, right? I saw a lot of those on the on the platform here. But you know what? That's got nothing to do with it. Why? Why do you get so? Listen, the world around us is in a complete chaos. Yeah. It's in disorder. But out of this disorder, God's bringing an order. Yeah. Listen, I'm I, I, I'm here. I'm I, I, I'm not even getting to my scriptures hardly. If you take the program of God, God evoluted. He went from the earth, you know, the lowest form of creation is maybe the rocks and the earth and things. Then it goes to botany life. Then it goes up into animal life. You know, and out of animal life, there's different types. There's reptiles. There's, you know, lizards and things. And, you know, and then there's there's mammal life. And then there's bird and fish life. There's all kinds of life, you know, and it comes up. And then comes man. But if you look at the principle, then comes the Son of God. Or the sons and daughters of God, because there's man and then there's sons and daughters of God. All of these evolute up, but not one of these, the rock cannot lift itself into botany life. The botany life cannot lift itself into animal life. Animal life cannot lift itself into human life. Neither can human life lift itself into godly life. But it takes somebody to come down from a level above to bring somebody up. And, 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 and in order to do that, it takes sometimes some chaos or some disorder. Yeah. Now, I think it was Stephen Hawking, he was the uh, great physicist of our day, he made this statement. He would say, disorder increases with time. And he would talk about the creation that is, it goes into more disorder. He says, you can almost make a law about it. And, and, and so he, this is a man approaching it from a scientific level. Now he says, the whole goes into disorder. But he says, in the middle of a disorder, one body in there can increase, provided the level of disorder around it increases. Yeah. Now this is a statement, and Brother Brandon m- makes it really easy for us. He says, in order for you to live, something had to die. In order for you to... To gain strength, to, to come where you're at, something had to die. So it had to go into a disorder. So the the, 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 the cow that you saw grazing in the field, it, it had to go to a slaughterhouse. It had to become a hamburger at McDonald's. It had to go into a whole bunch of disorders so that you could eat it and you could live. Now, don't make that your continual diet. But he'd say, it, it had to go through that. Why? So that you could evolute. So, so I'm going to say this, the world that's around us, believers love to focus on the world around us. They love to say, did you hear what the prime minister did? Yeah, I heard what he did. You know, and, and you know, do you see the way, yeah, and, and, and you know, if you stay in that channel only, and you focus on the disorder, you're never going to go higher. You'll actually become part of the disorder. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I shared the article with, with Brother Harold earlier this week, but it was, it was about an article on CBC, just an innocuous article, and, and Brother John, I think you even you shared it with me, and it was, it was about a, a, a pastor in Ontario who decided to surprise his congregation in June, and he came out as a woman, and he was a transgender, and, and thankfully, by the slimmest of margins, I think it was 55% voted him out. He got fired. And now he's suing the church. I mean, you talk about chaos. You talk about disorder. And here you and I can come. And we heard a prophet tell us exactly what God loves. Come into church. Play softly. Let this one do this. Let this. I'll tell you what. In the middle of this disorder, there's an order. God's doing something. Don't focus on the disorder. It has to be here. It's got to be that way. But in the middle of it, God is doing something. And maybe in your own life, there's these huge circumstances. But if, you, if Abraham would have stayed in, in Ur, he never would have got what God wanted him to get. And I say, if you stay. And so that's why God brings things. He allows upheavals. He brings tensions into the church. And he says the church can get all flustered as it's so easy to happen. I say God allows those things. Yes, God allows those things. He's bringing us higher. I'll say, oh, I, I've had more trouble in the last week with this thing. And I don't. I'll tell you what. It's just setting up for God to do something. That's right. yeah. This disorder—that's nothing more. You know that cloud picture, Brother Brandon would say. You know, you they 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 look. I don't. They look at that picture, but if you looked closer, it wasn't dark, angry clouds. It was angels. Yeah. And I don't think. What was that statue that they had to refer to? And, and the man couldn't understand what was so nice about the statue. And, the, and he says they had to come and he says, you're, you're looking at it wrong. You're looking at it from the top down. He says, you've got to come down and look at the statue of Jesus. And you look up and you see, oh, my Savior. But if you look at the disorder, it took one who had to empty himself. One who had to come down for us, he had to put his life of glory into disorder to bring you and I up. I think we ought to be thankful for that. I think we ought to owe him everything for that. So when Moses would say, This is how you cook lamb, I'll say, You're right. I don't know how to cook lamb. And he would say, Fathers, this is how you, you dress, the staff in hand. You're right. This is how we gotta dress. This is how we gotta act. These are little things, but I'll tell you what, they will give you comfort, they will bring peace to your mind in the middle of chaos. Yeah. You can get in prayer and you're off the battle and say, Well, I, I scraped by with this, I got by with this. No, you can just say, Lord, I've done this at your command. Therefore, Lord, meet me, walk with me, talk with me. Respond. Respond according to God's word, not according to what's around us. Hey, we got to focus in like Jesus did. We got to just say, that's a lot of noise. But in the middle of that noise, there's something I'm hearing. I'm listening to a different sound. And I'm feeding on a different sound. My, my. Don't be distressed by it. We live by the substance of of death, you know. Okay, I I I won't be able to go into some of these other parts. I'll save some of it for, then it's next week. Listen, let's have the musicians come. I'm gonna let you out, here a little earlier rather than get into something and prolong this. You know, they say, your human life, scientist. They asked him. Brother Branham actually asked the question. I, I love it when Brother Branham asks a question. You tell me how a black cow can eat green grass and give white milk. Now, that's a silly question. No, there's, there's some transforming going on here as it goes through these stages. And then, you know, he, he, he would just say, he would talk about our human life, and he would say, now, you want to measure your life? He says, stick your hand in a, in a bucket and pull it out and tell me where it was. Because that is your earthly existence. You've only got so much time. Brother Edwin, say you have four degrees of light in you. And, and, and I, I, I think if I take his measuring rod, I'm on my last degree of light. I hate to say that. I, I, t- I told somebody, I just hit 60, and a sister that was in, in Saskatoon She says, Brother Edwin, you told me I was floored. I... I Uh, You threw me for a loop the rest of the service. I thought you were 50. I said, oh, sister, God bless you. Let me shake your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But, you know what? So, Brother Ann would say, when I was young, I used to eat things, and it would give me strength. And it would build me up. And scientists don't know. it. It says, somewhere... The cells that, that take that for strength, he says, now I'm older, I eat the same things, but I still am dying. Scientists can't figure out why those cells turn off, the reproductive part of those cells. They can't unlock that, but that's in God's hand. There's an appointed time that God has. There's an appointed time for the earthly cycle that we have. But I'll also say in God's economy, and I haven't even touched, you know, I just briefly touched the Old Testament masterpiece, but the New Testament, which the bride comes out of, that masterpiece as she is in him, there comes a time when all the disorder of his life is put back into her, and she's brought back into the heavenly cycle. And as the disorder around the world increases, there'll come a time when God's going to say, okay, I'm not going to hide you in a church or in a bunker. I'm going to cross the border of mortality to immortality. I'm going to allow your genes and your cells that have been held captive to change. But I'll say this, stay in God's order. I think we've been given the greatest order. Reverence the message. Appreciate the message. Take it for face value. Don't let the devil lie to you. It is life to us in this last day. It's life to me. God bless you. Let's stand together. God's attributes were manifested in these last days, the original life, the original seed. God's attributes attributes were manifested manifested to his bride in
2: this last age. We We have caught the revelation by the last prophet's message. And we know who we are and what What we're raised raised up for, praise the Lord. The seventh seal is unveiled the original life, the original seed. We are the Word made flesh today, and this is what the Scriptures say. May our names are seen within, redeemed and perfect without sin. Yes, we are anointed and inspired by our God. Life, the original lie, the original lie, the original seed, the original word is what I believe. The Son of Man is revealed, Seven Seal is unveiled, the original lie.